Hey, this is Wicked Spursy, Mike, Steve, Dave, and occasionally a special guest here to talk about the club that we love, Tottenham Hotspur. Come on, you Spurs. Let's go. All right, this is Wicked Spursy, Mike, Steve, and Dave. Mike, how you doing today? I'm okay, man. Um, uh, I I uh, I was completely prepared to do this on Sunday, um, this recording, and then of course, I mean, I, I was I was I actually on Friday I was prepared for Sunday, and then after Saturday's uh, call um, call day at work i uh put in 19 and a half out of 24 hours of work and i said if sunday goes any anything like this at all there's no way i'm even going to be able to stay awake for it turns out that um i did not stay awake very long on sunday night i didn't get called back in we could have recorded uh my bad but i did not get called back in but i don't think i would have made it through the podcast i was pretty freaking tired uh and I got my COVID booster on top of that the day before. So everything was just kind of, you know, compounded. Um, and, and by, by yesterday, uh, I, I was kind of glad that, that we, uh, that we pushed it back another day. Um, there are definitely, uh, some things to talk about, um, that have, it, it always seems to happen when we, uh, when we push our, our recording back one day, I mean, we got, uh, Let's see. The uh, Nuno was announced uh, because we pushed back one day. Uh, we pushed back uh, a day, and uh, the sup- the Super League thing happened. Um, and I think we pushed back a day, and then Conte was hired. So some weird stuff has been going on with us. I, I think we're, maybe it's part of Steve's uh, prediction uh, aura that he that he puts out there. <laughs> he, he does tend to be spot on with his his predictions and the aura. I'm, I'm wondering if we need, although to be we really, didn't lose the Norwich. So yeah, we need to be really selective about when we push back a day, I think is what it comes down to. Right. If we we want something good to happen, we do it. And if we don't well, want anything bad to happen, we shouldn't do it. That's probably what well, it comes today. Down to. Today wasn't a good, it's not a good thing though, but no, it is news. So it is news without question. And we will, uh, we'll dig into that soon, but first Steve, how are you? I'm doing well, doing well. Like Mike, I also got my booster pretty recently. Um, so that was fun. I, you know, I, I hadn't had really any, any side effects from the first dose, none from the second, this one, it feels like literally somebody shot me in the arm. You know, I I just have to assume that's the, uh, you know, the nanobots or whatever it is taking hold of my arm now. Um, but man, this hurts. Are you talking about the nanobots there? Uh, there, researching on uh, uh at uvm at university of vermont the ones that can like reproduce now and yeah they have, can reproduce now robot babies I, yeah yeah i i really feel like uh, our children are gonna have to deal with the rise of the machines perfect well that's yeah. their problem right the terminator is going to show up at steve's door and steven jablonski <laughs> i've been looking God. for you damn it not again <laughs> Like I'd like to, I'd like to tell you your car warranty is about to expire. Oh, sorry, no, that that would be now that that. Happens. No, it's McAfee, which just popped up on my computer again. McAfee, there you go. <laughs> wow, that took a turn. How about that, uh, Steve? Glad glad you're feeling sort of okay after the booster. That's that's good news. Let's get into let's get into what's going on. There's a there's a ton. Like Mike said, some new developments in the last 24 hours or so. But there's also some matches from last week. Mike, I'm going to give you first pick. 
Where, what do you want to go with? What do you want to get started with? So um, let's briefly talk about the matches. Um, we don't necessarily have to talk about Brentford. That was something that we kind of kind of figured was going to happen. Um, I would really like to talk just a tiny, tiny bit about Norwich. Um, I, I, I uh, just because, just because uh, of that first goal, you know, um, I think that as much shit as Lucas Mora gets, um, he kind of steps up and delivers in weird spots. Um, and, and, and I, I love the fact that he, uh, that he was able to get this goal, you know, um, I, I, the, the goal, the goal was, um, a classic Brazilian style footballers type goal, right? Um, it was, it was quick played. He had that little one, two with Sonny and then Sonny came back to him and, Sonny kind of laid it off a little deep and Lucas just kind of stuck his foot up there. And we all know that Lucas, like his first touches aren't always, you know, the most graceful, uh, I guess we could say. Um, well, put. well put. Yeah. Right. So he usually takes some hard first touches. Um, so when he grabs that ball that was kind of played back to him a little, a little high, he grabs the ball and then he kind of drags it back and then bust through three dudes. And, and, and it's, it, it speaks a lot to that kind of, that, like I said, that Brazilian style, um, the footwork, the ability to, for him to kind of bust through like three dudes with his head down at the ground. But he, he must've looked up like a, a, a split second for a split second and saw that small opening. And he just fucking blasted it up into that corner. And I, and I think that's what we've been looking uh, for out of Lucas. And this is kind of why I wanted to talk about the, a little bit about Norwich and, and um, because when, when Lucas gets the shit that he gets um, for not producing um, and then we see Conte afterward, after the game saying, this is what we can get out of Lucas Mora. This is why he's important. And he's got a lot more goals in him. And I can get them out of him. This is the, this is, so this is why Norwich is important. Um, Brentford, great game. We won the game, held a lot of possession. Norwich, we didn't hold the possession, but we didn't get too worried. I, I didn't ever really feel worried except for the, uh, you know, on that pookie, on that pookie chance. Um, Cause he always seems to fucking ship one in on us. Um but I, I really, I, I think that this is that perfect type of game where we see what Conte is building. We, we see what he's talking about when he says, these are the types of things I can do for these certain types of players. And, and Lucas was a, a prime example of, of that. And, and, and I'm hoping to see more of Lucas, but of course um, I still think he, once we get another player to play that position, um, and play it well, that he's going to be uh, the perfect super sub to come in and run against dead legs and that kind of, in that kind of situation. I, but, um, you know, Son got his goal. Uh, Dave Sanchez had his goal. He kind of, <laughs> the non-celebration was a big thing in, uh, in Spurs Twitter world. Um, was he pissed off at Dyer or was he like, 
yeah, you motherfuckers always give me so much shit. Look what I just did. I mean, granted, I, I think that my son probably could have taken that touch that fell right in front of him. And I think you could have taken in. that touch, Mike. You, you would have put that one in the back. <laughs> I would have found a way to, 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 you know, to somehow blast it over the top of the, the bar straight up in the air. But um, he was in the right place, man. And, and good for him. Good for him. Um, I don't think he was overall, overall horrible in the game. He did make some pretty terrible mistakes, but you know, you'll have that. Um, most of the team was strong. And um, the last thing I want to just mention uh, is how fucking quality are Skippy and Ben Davis. God damn it. Ben Davis. I think I, Ben Davis might be, might be the, the best, the best center back in all of England right now. <laughs> I, I didn't say that. I, I didn't say. Yeah, that. no, Steve. What did you just hear Mike say? I, I want to go on the record. Today I'm is gonna, December seventh. Thirty-three jersey. <laughs> I'm just gonna do it. You know, you know, Mike. I, I, it's funny the Davidson Sanchez um, celebration or lack thereof. I just found it really interesting. I found the backlash to it really interesting. So again, and we've caught some flack from this, but we've also been praised for it that we use analogies about American sports, like. You and I grew up playing American football, and I know that you're you're going to be very familiar with the the saying "act like you've been there before," right? Like so, the whole concept of scoring a touchdown or whatever whatever the score may be, like acting like you've been there before, and it almost seems like there is an acceptable style of celebration for a goal. And Sanchez's celebration, which was kind of like a just puff up and and act hard, basically is viewed as an unacceptable celebration. It's interesting culturally just to look at that, like in terms of what's appropriate or what's not, because I thought it was fantastic how he responded with the non-response. And I loved how he puffed up because it just makes you wonder like, what's the dynamic behind all that? What are your I, thoughts I, on I, that? Yeah, I love the puff up. I love the puff up. It's 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 fun. Um, but you know what? I think an understated uh, celebration like, like Lucas is also kind of like, you know, Lucas used to used to run all over the field like a like a fool too. You know, um, but he's been waiting so long, and I think with Lucas, you know, he just had to point at the sky because yep. he's close. He's close with God, and that's you know that's his deal. Um, it may not be for everybody. It's definitely not for Sonny. You know, Sonny's kind of his celebration has turned into like the celebration with his with his new best buddy Tom Holland. So <laughs> true, true. <laughs> So maybe it's worth saying everybody deserves to have their own style of celebration and that yeah, sure. should be celebrated. Is that fair? Right. Yeah. Why not? Perfect. Perfect. Steve, let's go to you. What are you thinking in terms of a uh, follow-up on Mike or you want to take it a different direction? No, I think Mike's spot on. Um, you know, he definitely touched on everything I would have touched on. Um, Skippy for me is probably the most consistent player under Conte right now. I can't think of anybody else who has given the exact same level of performance game after game. Um, now I think these last two that, that, you know, we played, it was, it was obvious. I mean, he's putting up man of the match type performances and he, you know, for somebody who's not exactly, you know, an attacker um, you know, he's not getting the goals. He's enabling a lot of them. Um, which is fantastic to see, but uh, just that shows how, how he's maturing and, and, you know, 
it's been said to death over the last week, the last three managers, not including Nuno, have all praised Skip as being a potential captain. And I think we're definitely seeing that he is, he's not perfect, but the effort, the consistency, I mean, this kid is something special. Um, Ben Davies for me, you know, a lot of people always call for his head and, you know, you you look on Reddit or, or Twitter and it's always, yeah, he's not good enough. He's not good enough. He's for me, he's, he's probably the most consistent player, like period. He's, he's not the best. He's probably bang average in his performances most of the time. Um, But, you know, there's nothing wrong with having a, a, you know, a reliable seven out of 10 type player, you know, to, to throw out there when you need it. I think his, his work at left center back, uh, especially paired with, uh, with Reggie there has been immense um, and, and for me, part of what is super beneficial there is, you know, he's a defensive minded player. We always gave him flack when he was on, you know, the, the left back role for being not as aggressive enough going forward. You know, he's a much more defensive left back, um, but he knows that position, right? So he knows the runs that Reggie's looking to make that, that Sessegnon's going to be, uh, you know, making, he's looking for those attacking runs but also has the defensive discipline to kind of keep his shape and, and, you know, know when he needs to go, when he needs to support. Um, and, and that's not really something that, you know, like a Dyer has or, or a Sanchez Sanchez just, you know, he did have a good game. I'll give him that, but he still has this tendency to like find himself kind of, I don't know, working his way too far up without an objective in mind, you know, when Dyer breaks from, from center, it's, there's a clear direct path that he's trying to take to assist the attack. Sanchez does that from time to time, but he also just kind of feels like he just hovers up in that direction and almost forgets to get back. Not Dave. He's not, he's not real good going backwards either, man. And he's not good on the ball. Like he panics, like he panics when he has to go backwards. Yeah. So for me, Davies is, he's got that balance. He knows when to attack. He knows when to get involved, but most importantly, he knows to be that defensive support structure for his wing back. And I think that, that, you know, that's part of what has enabled Reggie to, to thrive uh, in recent games. It's what let Sessegnon look so much better uh, in this most recent performance. He's stable. He offers this composure back there that is is desperately needed when you've got these really aggressive wingbacks. And so, no, he's not perfect. We probably could get an upgrade there. But for me, that's not a priority. As long as Davies is putting in these kinds of, of performances, I don't look at left center back as, as an area that we need to um, you know worry too much about. It's just, you know, I think we're fine there. Um, and he's not one to get injured regularly too. So that that's always helpful. Um, it's a position that he's comfortable with. He plays in it frequently. Um, but yeah, I mean, those two for me have been immense over the last couple of games. And I think that they're going to be huge for us going forward. Davies is going to be a big miss if, if the uh, rumors about him being one of the COVID guys is, is true. You know, you know, Steve, I want to, and actually Steve and Mike, I want to, admit a shortcoming i know i know that that's rare it doesn't happen very often but i want to admit a shortcoming and that is i have been liable to be of the belief that an athlete 
and a, and a better yet, a premier league athlete will and should rise to the occasion, right? Should, should meet the obligation, should meet the position they're playing, et cetera. And what's been really interesting for me in the past few weeks in the Conte era, albeit short, it, um, during the Conte era is seeing how, when you look at Davies as an example, you look at Reggie for, as an example, looking at players put in the right position uh, who may have been asked to not play the position that was at their strong suit and seeing how those guys can flourish when put in the correct position. Now, the flip side of that, it's interesting to watch Kane kind of still trying to need to find his way and find find what his role um, in the in a Conte team is. And don't get me wrong, I do think that Kane wants to be there and I think he wants to play for Conte. But I have to say, looking at developments with Davis, looking at developments with Reggie, looking at Lucas in the last you know few weeks, I can see the value of the right coach in the right system makes a completely different player. And that's not a perspective I had before. So just want to throw that out as a, as a growth opportunity for me. Is that allowed allowed to to grow as people? No, it's unacceptable. There will be no growth here. Uh, We absolutely, we absolutely should grow. Steven. Steven. Oh, when you get called Steven, you know, I just, I just haven't, I just haven't yet grown. (laughs) Mike, Mike gives me a David every once in a while. And I know that's when he's really serious. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's the parent in me, right? That's right. <laughs> oh no! I call my son. I call my son Luke until he's in, in trouble. You know, <laughs> then it's you know Lucas, straight up. You and my grandmother is the only ones calling me David, Mike. So congratulations. That's all you, buddy. Well, I, I'm 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 guessing your grandma, a uh, pretty wonderful <laughs> woman. Indeed, absolutely. <laughs> But way to link up there. That was impressive. You're good with that link up play. You know what happened? Steve tried to segue. Steve tried to segue into the COVID stuff. And then Dave was like, wait a minute. I want to talk about growing up. Personal growth, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> All right. So let's let's talk about current events. Let's talk about let's talk about the COVID world. And uh I I was listening to Golden Guest on the way home from from work today and um, you know, they put it well, it's kind of over you saying like, could we just get one nice week or why can't we have nice things, you know? So coming off this week of a, of a good Brentford win and a good Norwich win, surprise COVID lands this week. So let's talk about that. And I'm most curious about what it means for looking at the Ren match on Thursday, what it means for Brighton on Sunday and what kind of the strategic implications of that are, uh, because there may be some strategic implications to that. So Mike, let's start with you. What are you thinking about just as this COVID thing lands with the club? Okay, so I mean, we got we got six guys out, right? Uh, we kind of suspected we well, I don't, yeah, I guess we suspected that Emerson and Heel being out uh, last week had to do with COVID, but they just wanted to say illness. I understand that they want to give these players their privacy. Um, you know, everybody's medical, um, medical history is their own. Um, and they deserve the privacy. Um, on the other hand, they are professional athletes. We're going to find out anyway, when they're not in the, in the team. Um, so Emerson and heel are, were out already. So they're probably on the mend. Right. Um, and we'll be back soon. Um, but then you have, um, big contributors, right? You have Son, Davis, Lucas. Um, those are those have been some of our biggest contributors, and and um, 
I think this is going to be uh, a perfect time to for us to dump dump the uh, conference league. Um, I know that Steve's probably still high on the conference, winning the conference league. I'm not. Um, I'm of the opinion that dumping the conference league is going to help us um, stay more fit. It's going to help us, um, you know, down the road of playing in the league. Um, it, having having those extra games that you have to play, um, knowing that like when Nuno was trying to like completely rotate the team that um that doesn't work um so you have to play players in 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 european competitions i mean even in the you know even in domestic competitions you have to play players uh maybe not as many as you would you know right off in the beginning of the tournament but um because you're playing lower tier teams but we couldn't even really get it done with some of our upper upper echelon players um, I think it's time to just dump this, dump this tourney because what's going to happen is that even if we win, we're going to end up playing a team that drops out of the Europa League. Um, that's probably better than any of the other teams in the in the Conference League, and um, we could end. We'll end up playing them, and we're going to end up getting run by them anyway. Get out of that league, save injuries, save. Uh, fitness um, for the league because you have you have one thing you're going to gain by winning that and that is getting into the Europa League and I, I I think our team's good enough to get there already I mean right now right now looking at the way the team is um, in in the way that we're starting to click I don't, I don't see any reason we can't finish fifth or sixth. And, and I think if we finish seventh, then there's some real problems to address. You know, I think we're good enough to finish fifth or sixth. I, shit. I think we're good enough to, to possibly take fourth and maybe even go on a run, end up you know, having something miraculous happen. I'm not saying win the league, but. Mike is getting way ahead of himself. Steve. I want you to. I, I might I, need a haircut, Dave. I might need a haircut. <laughs> I think, Steve, you have a contrary opinion to Mike on the Conference League. So I want to hear your argument and then I'm going to decide who's got the better argument. Yeah. So for me, you know, if Spurs want to be playing in the Champions League, this should be a nothing competition for them, which by that I mean should be something that they can win in their sleep. The fact that we're struggling in it is a complete damnation on the situation that Nuno has put us in. I feel like if Nuno had done his job when he was at the helm, we would have already been first in the group, locked in, ready to go on, and any of this COVID shit wouldn't even be an issue for us. The fact that we're having this conversation just shows how poorly managed we were at the beginning of the season. The reason that I'm so high on it is because these teams are so beatable. The only team in it right now that I'm even remotely curious to see how, how we would do in a knockout round is Roma. That's it. Anybody from Europa that drops down is not going to be worth a, a lick of it. You know, these are teams that the B team should be beating and we can't do that. I, I, I you know, when, 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 we do get back into the Champions League. 
We're going to have midweek fixtures. We're going to be fighting for four different, you know, competitions. This isn't anything new. This isn't anything that, you know, oh, well, this helps us out in the long run. We should be able to do this. This is a team that should be able to deal with four competitions, be competitive in all of them and bring home trophies. If we can't do that, then what's the point of even being in the Champions League? Because then something else is going to suffer when you know it becomes do we focus on champions league or do we focus on the league table we should be able to do both at the end of the day and if we can't do that against some shitty ass backwards european teams no offense then you know it, whether we get to champions league or not is completely irrelevant to me because we just don't have the squad to even compete at that level i love i love no offense it's, it's one of my favorite things thrown thrown <laughs> after the fact right rant. We've been calling them farmers and all kinds yeah. of shit. No offense, buddy. <laughs> the, the only thing better is with all due respect, right? Before. <laughs> well, and, and, you know. I'm not saying, I'm just saying. Due. Credit where it's due. They smacked the Spurs B team. We were poorly managed. Nuno I, is such an asshole for thinking that we could just waltz our way through that with piss poor tactics and God knows what strategy he was trying to do there he put us in the situation that we're in now i think if conte's at the helm and it's you know we've got europa conference league clean slate at the start of the year all competitions we're in i don't pick between them i say go for all of them you should be able to win some of these trophies no problem the fact that you know now it's well do we sacrifice this for something else just shows that we're in a shit situation that we shouldn't have been in in the first place and if nothing else there are players that desperately need to go because if they can't fucking beat mura of all teams the worst of the worst leagues in europe then they don't deserve to be playing for spurs plain and simple and there's no nothing conte a world class coach can do to change my mind on them. You know, if he says they're not good enough, they're just not good enough. You know, if Nuno said, oh, well, this person's not good enough, I would argue, well, Nuno, you're not good enough. You don't know what you're doing. How can you make that that decision, right? Like your tactics suck, your strategy sucks. Conte's doesn't. His tactics are genuinely good. And when they're not, he changes them so that they are an improvement over what we had seen. If Conte comes and says there's no hope for this person, get that fucker out of the club. They don't deserve to be here. You know, we should be aspiring to be a team like a Man City or a Liverpool without the, you know, shit money and, and ethical issues um, that has a strong B squad that can go out and perform and do what the coach says and not have to worry about, well, yeah, gee, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, the coach should have you knowing what you're doing. Uh, plain and simple. We've got a world-class coach. We're going to get a world-class team. This is a conversation that frankly, I don't like having because we shouldn't need to have this conversation. Like it, it shouldn't matter to us. We should be able to beat these squads. And even if our entire first squad was plagued with COVID and could not perform in this competition, we should feel confident that Conte can roll out a backup that would get the job done. The fact that we can't right now is just disgusting um and yeah this turned into me just ragging on the players yeah, and ragging on i don't, I don't mind i don't mind sh i don't mind talking about you know having the should and could and would but we didn't yeah. so 
so at this point, it's time to just fucking bag it and say, you know, if we happen to win, we happen to get through accidentally, but I think we should just bag it. Play, play the B squad. Don't risk any of your players traveling and getting fucking COVID. Um, you know, there's going to be more on top of what just happened because everybody's been hanging out and tra- training together. So True. there's going to be more. Um, you know what, and, and it, it happened to the Boston. I'm going to say what I said on the WhatsApp too. And again, American sports, I'm very sorry, but it happened to the Boston Red Sox this year. And luckily they had built up uh, such a lead in their division that it didn't really affect them too much, except for the fact they had to play till the very last fucking day because they had two weeks of having to play minor league players in major league baseball. Um, they got through with their youth system, with their minor league players, because they're, they developed their players. Well, this is a spot where Conte might need to fucking buck up pal and, and play some of your youth players. I know you don't like to do it, but get them some playing time so that in case this kind of shit happens again, we really need somebody to, to come up from the, from the U23s, the U18s, fuck the U fucking 14s if they have to. Bring them up. Um, Although they do have to be on the European squad. You know, that is a factor. And Lucas Popovich. A, Lucas Popovich. Lucas, can, you know, <laughs> you can crush it. All right. Here, so here's my, here's my decision, Real gentlemen. Real quick. Oh, you, you're going to, you you're going to work me over here and sway me, huh, Steve? No, I don't think so. I just want to add. You know where this is going. My two cents on this, if I'm Conte and I'm put in this situation right now, I look at players like Delhi, like Ndombele, and I say, you go out there and you fucking win this game or you're going to walk all the way. I don't care where it is to the next game. You're going to walk to, you know, we'll make you walk to Ren and back there's got to be some kind of serious fucking punishment for guys that should be leading this team to victory and go out and play like ass. I think Conte needs to tell these guys, you know, you go out there and you play like your lives depended on it because I will make sure that you are put to a near death experience. If you don't (laughs) get us a fucking result. All right. So Steve, here's the deal. I 100% agree with what you just said. Um, Totally agree. Although it's, I think it's hard to walk from Wren back to England, but that's a whole different, different story. Um, Hey, you know what? That's on them to figure out. That is on them to figure out. I am going to give the argument to Mike though. And I'm going to give you my, my logic on, on the why every part of me, Steve, as an instinctive watcher of sport agrees with your mindset and your approach about how things should be. But I am highly evolved, Dave, on tonight's podcast. And so, you know, here's my here's my thinking as I look at this. Number one, the European Conference League is a garbage tournament, but it's not such a garbage tournament that the teams that are playing in it, you know, exclude us, exclude Roma, like the, the farmer teams, they're not so terrible that you can beat them with your eyes closed. And they and they play in a style and on pitches that are both less than desirable and teams like Tottenham Hotspur are not, let's be honest, they're not built for this type of competition. Here's the, here's the analogy I'd make. I think of Floyd Mayweather, who I think we could probably all agree is, you know, one of the best ever at his craft. You put Floyd, Floyd Mayweather in a bar room brawl. He's probably going to get the crap beat out of him, right? Because his skill set does not translate 
to that environment. And I feel like the caliber of the ECL, the types of teams we're playing uh, in the type on the type of pitches and in the type of environments we're playing our, our players are not built for that. Do I agree with you, Steve, that they should be? Absolutely. Do I think that a professional athlete at the highest level should be able to crush anyone at a level below them? Absolutely. But what I've seen happen again and again is it just doesn't work that way. And part of that is we've got a first 11 that could could win that tournament, but we can't play that first 11 in that tournament. So when you get to that next 11, we're not we're not built for that. We simply don't have the players on the back half of our squad, as we've seen with Nuno's B team. We don't have the guys to, to make that happen. And that exposes us and that puts us in a difficult predicament. So for me, if I'm Conte, you know, four weeks into the job, looking at a season that's going to end in May, we've got another six months of this season to go. I'm playing the long game. And, and if I'm playing the long game, I say the domestic cups are important. FA over the Carabao. I say, of course, you know, position in the league is important. And in order to maximize those, I need time. And there's one way for me to get time. And that's not to have to travel to Slovenia on a weekend or, you know, midweek, because that's what's killing my team. And that's what's creating bad injuries. Now, the other side of that is to banish all my players from international duty. I'd also be contemplating that and trying to figure out if there's an angle there, but um, it's, <laughs> it's be- exactly. It's because of that, Steve, that I'm back and Mike on this thing. I think we should crash out. I think we should play every, every guy that we have that's under 20 years old that is on the, uh, the European squad. Just let it go. Let Deli and Ndombele show if they can take over a game, which I don't believe they can. And that's going to going to fix their futures. And that's my take on how we proceed. Steve in, reaction. In my defense, my take was brought to me by this delicious ginger beer that I've had uh, courtesy of Halyard uh, Brewing Company. Um, so yeah, good shit. Are we doing, Hey Steve, what you drinking? Is that what we got going on? I mean, that's pretty much it. I'm just, this is a fantastic ginger beer um, and I love these guys. So shout out there, but you know what? I I would be curious what another member of this podcast is drinking. Dave, how would I go about figuring that out? Love it, Steve. I I love, I love the path you're taking. The way to find that out is to ask that person what they're drinking. So I'm going to, I'm going to hand that one off to you, buddy. It's all you. To to me? It's you, Steve, bring it. Oh, wow. Okay, let's see if I can get this done. Uh, hey, Mike, what you drinking? Well, he loves it when you do that. Steven. He totally loves that, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Since you've asked, um, tonight I've got something kind of special. And I, I actually, uh, um, I, I went to uh, the local market here, the Georgia market, um, and got um, a whole bunch of different beers. Uh, um, I, I went I went there with the with the intent of um, picking out some beers for a beer trade that I was gonna do um, with one of the uh, other discord members from uh, from our friends the extra inch um, and um, I found a whole bunch of different beers that I've never had before so um, I bought um, all of them nice <laughs> I, I i bought an entire case of beer um so uh today um we're gonna go with something from um oh dave's got a little switchback ale there um Good. which is a vermont burlington vermont staple but uh today i've gone to um 
Harmonic Convergence. It's from Burlington Beer. Um, this this can is really freaking cool. Each each of the uh, each of the cans in the in the in the four pack are kind of a different color, but they all have this um, this kind of holographic thing going on. Um, another one of the cans is very silvery. Um, it's very silvery and in different lights, it it, it changes colors and it, and it's really kind of it's really kind of a cool can design. Um, they're definitely they're definitely uh, Burlington beer. Ninety percent of how good their beer is is it is due to what you're drawn to on the label. I think I'm not saying that their beer is bad because their beer is not bad, but I'm I'm just saying that what draws you to their beers are their super creative labels. Um, so totally agree. Um, totally agree with that, Mike. Um, I'm excited. Harmonic convergence is one of my favorite yeah. theories. So while he's doing, what is that, Steve? Tell, tell us something about that. If I'm not mistaken, the harmonic uh, convergence is a uh, double goza. Is that right? Am I, th am I thinking the right one? Yeah, it's a double goza. It's a um, fruited double goza. So, yeah, so uh, this this beer is uh, is made with boysenberry. Um it is eight percent alcohol, so it's it's heavy, it's hefty duty. Um, like you said, it's it's a double fruited. Um, so I'm expecting that it's gonna be super, super sweet, but it'll have that sour that a gosa has. Um, gosa's kind of they're what like a sour um with a little bit of salt and 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 uh and obviously fruited uh it's, it's gonna be a little bit of sweetness in there boysenberries really probably lend themselves very good because they have that kind of that tart taste holy shit i just barely popped this and i could smell the berries coming out of it hey mike oh. while while you're prepping that can i read this yeah yeah this is harmonic convergence right yeah. what it actually is it has something to do with yeah so with harmonic convergence is a supernatural phenomenon that occurs once every ten thousand years when planets align Spiritual energy is greatly amplified, causing the spirit portals at the North and South Poles to merge, and an aura of spirit energy envelops the Earth. So we have like Santa Claus and Bizarro Santa Claus are going to come together and fight. Pretty much. North and South pretty Poles. Much. Yeah, pretty much. So this better be a damn good freaking beer is what I'm getting DC at. DC Comics here. better come up with a fucking comic book real quick. At the sure. very least, our listeners Santa have comics. something. All right, I'm it's gonna, I'm it's gonna... also worth you knowing, knowing that there was a, a the world's first synchronized global peace meditation event con aligned with the harmonic convergence August 16th, 1987. Oh, just, I'm going to add that to your files. Yeah, there you go. All right, so I'm going to pour this. Uh, I, I can tell you that's really, it's already really fucking cool looking. It looks just like the label, which is just magenta. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, dude, it is purple. Pink, magenta, whatever this is. Holy moly. That's a red beer, man. It looks like it looks like uh, the juice you pour out of like a can of beets. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna let that sit there for a second. And, and, and I wanna I wanna add something new into this because I think I did it once before, but um I wanna read um I want to read a beer advocate review. 
because they're always they're always super funny. I like to go onto them and, and, and they're they're always super funny because these guys take themselves so fucking seriously. <laughs> All right, let's see. Oh, somebody gave it a 2.5 out of five. All right, let's 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 read the 2.5 and then we'll read a nice one. <laughs> the 2.5 out of five comes from a guy called Zot Zot. <laughs> He's from Vermont. Real winner. Yeah, he gave it a, he says, color was hazy purple. Smell was of berries and jam. Taste was like a fruit smoothie. But if you want to buy something like this, buy a smoothie. Pour in some vodka if you want some alcohol. But if you want beer, order a beer. <laughs> he gave it a 2.5. <laughs> what an asshole. Yeah. My kind of guy. <laughs> All right, this next one, um, A. This 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 is this is what I talk about when these guys take themselves too seriously. Pour is a dark purple color with two fingers of head that fades down to a thin cap. <laughs> Smell boysenberry, salt, a bit of citric acid up front, along with some lighter earthy tones. Taste <laughs> follows the nose, starts off with the boysenberries, then picks up some light tartness and salinity. Salinity. Jesus God. Definitely boysenberry forward. Finishes with lingering boysenberry and salt. Have you ever had a boysenberry? Yeah, my grandmother used to make boysenberry pies. All right. So you'll know if it's boysenberry forward or not, right? Yeah, I I think I will. I think I will. The mouthfeel, medium, full bodied with moderate carbonation. I guess that's what I talk about. The mouthfeels when I say it's fizzy. (laughs) Um, Another solid double fruited double gosa from Burlington beer. Very easy to drink despite the 8% worth checking out. Interesting. All right. So that was fun. <laughs> I want to hear the, I want to hear the mic rating. Let's, let's the mic rating. Here we go. Man, it smells really fucking good. It does smell like a fruit smoothie. It looks like a smoothie from, from the zoom camera. I can attest. It tastes like a smoothie. Oh yeah. You've tried it. Oh yeah, I love this shit. It's, it's oh, that's right. You said it was your favorite. Yeah, sorry. It's a day. It's dangerous because it's so high in alcohol, but it yeah. doesn't taste like it. Holy shit! So okay, uh, straight off. I, I don't know. I don't know if I call it a ghost. I mean, it's not super. It doesn't have the characteristics of a of a, of a like a big gosa. Um, but is it boysenberry forward? That's the question. Is, it, you know what? Um, it's boysenberry forward because it's fucking boysenberry flavored. How about of the course salinity? It's boysenberry f- f- forward. I mean, what's it supposed to be? It's a, it's a fruited beer. Mike, what's the salinity like? Tell us about that. Um, medium to 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 moderate. <laughs> Just what salinity? I look for in my beers. Is that Absolutely. what you fucking said? I don't know. Moderate salinity. Yeah. Moderate salinity. Um, so I, I got to tell you, like uh, I, this, it is very much like a fruit smoothie. Um, a carbonated fruit smoothie it it tastes really it tastes really good um i i'm gonna go ahead and call it a beer because a goza is a style of beer lost nation makes probably one of the best gozas in the world um i don't see this being much like a gosa um it doesn't have that super super tartness with the with the with the sea salt hitting you in at the back end but um Man, I, I this is super drinkable. Um, 
And like Steve said, this could this could be a, a, a dangerous proposition, you know, sitting around a campfire on, 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 you know, a nice hot summer night. This could be this could be a dangerous proposition, man. You could get into a few of these and, and get a little silly, I think. Um, I got to I got to it's I, I really like it, but, I you know, I feel like it might be heartburn inducing. <laughs> um so based on that i'm gonna give it a 3.3 solid rating on the it could be it could be yeah. a 3.8 it could be a 3.8 but i think uh i'm gonna end up with some heartburn uh so it's, it's an anticipatory 3.3 right so if it doesn't if it doesn't we can we can circle back next week and i'll tell you we may we may be able to give it a 3.8 Revised rating. Good idea. Mike, you did something that I was going to actually ask you to do, which is as part of your rating, I'd love for you to describe the best environment where you think this beer would taste the tastiest. So you just said late summer evening, you know, around campfires. Is that the vibe where this is the best option or where do you see this being the best option? Yeah, no, totally. Um, Like if you're, if you're sitting like, honestly, like it's a, a hot summer day, not necessarily campfire but like if you have a fire pit out in your backyard or whatever um you don't have to be camping i don't know if it's a camping beer but like i'm I'm talking about like it's been a hard day you're outside with your family um you want something that's a little easier drinking than a fucking double ipa but you don't want you know um a narragansett you know (laughs) some sort of some sort of shitty american lager then um I just say that because Steve likes Narragansett. Um, um, my buddies call it Nasty Gansett. You know, my Brian from Rhode Island would probably call it Nasty Gansett. Um, but I can, I can, I can say that. Yeah, this is like, you know, a refreshing beer to have at, at the end of a of a hard day. You know, something fruity, something that like isn't isn't gonna blow your face off with hops. Yeah, I I, I think it's a fucking great beer. I, I don't think really any of the beers that they make there are terrible. Um, I just think that they make too many of them and they kind of, they kind of get played out a little bit, but you know, Burlington beer, Burlington beer is not a, they're a fantastic brewery brewery. So, and if you get the, and if you get the chance, you're in the Burlington area, go there. They have, uh, they have food now. Um, they have a new location. Uh, their brewery just brews now. Um, you can smell it through the attached trampoline park that my kids like to go to. <laughs> I, w- I went there to pick them up the other day and, uh, and, and to pick Lucas up to bring him to soccer. And uh, you could smell you could smell that it was brew day because the, the trampoline parks attached to the front side of the brewery. But their new location is just for food and and uh, in, uh, in tap room. I'm sure that wasn't just the smell of the trampoline park. No, I'm I'm quite sure. I know I know what I know what brewing beer smells like. I know you do. <laughs> trampoline park smell too. Tea. Yeah, right. Well, exactly. Three point three. Cheers. All right. Well done, Mike. Much appreciated. And Steve, can you wrap this segment up? Um, and before I get to that, Ooh. I I I need to. It's just a thought that occurred to me. I wonder how many people listen to these segments. And then they're like, shit, you know, where can I find this particular beer? Like, I want to go out and try that now. I'd be curious to know if anybody is like getting any ideas or 
you know, if, if on Mike's recommendation, he gave a high rating to something and somebody else thought it tasted like ass, or if Mr. 2.5 wants to get in a fist fight with Mike over his 3.3. I'm at me, Zot, Zot. <laughs> wonder if we could uh, get some of these some of these brews over to Hotspur Way and uh, you know see if we can just you know thank Conte for what he's done. I, I have tried. I have offered. I've offered to uh, to uh, to send some beers to to some of our friends on the on the uh, Extra Inch Discord, and uh, they said it's it's not necessarily legal. Um, but even if you did get it over here you'd be hit with, you'd be hit with some pretty big duty taxes. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what it's like trying to get beer back into America, <laughs> but if I, like I told Wendy the other day, if, if I hear him say cloud water one more time, I'm coming over there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I need to taste this stuff. He, he gives it such a high recommendation. That, that time will come, Mike, you will make that happen. I know that I know you'll eventually get there. Whether you can score some some cheap Spurs tickets or not is a whole other question, but you know you'll make that happen. Mike, I'm honestly thinking to to Steve's point, I'm actually going to be in Burlington tomorrow. We can talk a little bit about that later, but I may try to track down the old uh, the old uh, what was this one called again? Oh, Harmonic Convergence. I may try to may try to find that if I can. So, but I'll connect with you guys on that later on. Steve, wrap this segment up, man. You get to close it up by saying this is this is. Hey, Mike, what you drinking? He loves it when you do that. Well done. <laughs> Fantastic. I could, I could I could do an entire podcast on just this. We may <laughs> we may end up doing that at some point in time. No question. <laughs> All right, let's let's keep rolling ahead. Uh, looking ahead on the weekend, or at the weekend, if uh, if I'm being appropriate. Um, Brighton, what do you guys think? Do you think this match happens? If it happens, do we like it? How do you feel about the concept of our squad in whatever state it? is going up against their squad, which is uh, down by like eight or nine guys to injury. What are your uh, instinctive reactions to the status of the Brighton match? Steve, what do you think? Um, I think it all depends on, on the recent testing. You know, if, if we can get two or three of these guys back um, for Brighton, I think we go ahead with Brighton. Um, if we find out that there's more, the test, it gets called out off 100%. Um, but, you know, it's, it's one of those situations we talked um, a while back about how, you know, we kind of get screwed over by the Burnley change because they had folks who were out that would have made it a little easier. That's the same sort of thing that's happening now, right? Like it would have been ideal for a full strength Spurs squad to go into a Brighton game in their current state. That said, I'm going to stick with my initial thought about Burnley here. And that's if we can't beat Brighton at their best, then we really shouldn't be talking about champions league at all. Like this, this should be, you know, I, I like, I like Brighton. I think they're a good team. I think Graham Potter's a great coach, but they're a team that Spurs need to be beating twice a year without hesitancy, whether they have a full strength squad or a heavily reduced squad. So you know, if we need to postpone it, okay, yeah, I'm a little sad, but at the same time, you know, it it shouldn't matter how many players they have missing. We should be able to beat them full strength anyway. Mike, what would you add to that? Um, I, I don't know that I need to. Um, I think we talked about Ren already. Um, 
what needs to happen there um, with, with our youth players. Um, but with Brighton, um, I honestly think that uh, Conte is too smart to to not let this game get postponed. Um, and I and I think the policy in the in the past has been to postpone the games. You know, I mean, it happened last year with a, with a couple of teams had a ten, one or two games um, were, that were postponed. I, Brighton was one of them, I think. Um, but you know, they have they have a lot of. I I, I like Brighton, like Steve said. Um, I I got nothing bad to say about Brighton. Um, you know, Harry Kane probably likes to go there. It's kind of like the Florida of England, right? Uh, there's like a fucking beach and all that shit there. Like, you know, maybe it's more like the Atlantic city. I don't know. Um, but, uh, it, so Harry Kane probably like it there. Um, but I honestly, like, I don't, I don't know that the, there's any reason we can't beat Brighton, even with a rotated team, you know, um, again, we go into that game in Europe Throw Delhi out there, throw Ndombele out there, fucking throw the Celso out there, you know, um, get re- get them ready for a possibility of having to to play in a team on on Sunday if the Premier League says no, fuck you, you're playing, you know. But I, I think I think Conte's Conte's too smart to to allow that to happen. I, I don't I don't think this game gets played. I don't. Yeah. And, and if it does, there's no reason we can't beat them. Um, it'll it'll definitely be a struggle, obviously, given what we saw with Murrah. But um, there's there's no reason we can't beat them, especially, you know, in the shape they're in. I, this might be the best time to take advantage of that. You know, they have, what, seven or eight players that are out? I think it's nine, actually, at this point. Nine? Is, Ter- is, Ter- is Lamptey out again, too? Like, he's a great, he's a great little fast uh, wing back, right? I like him. He's, I do he's too. Good. I do too. Yeah. He, he's he's about five foot five foot one, <laughs> but he the the guy's got wheels and a motor that doesn't stop. I mean, I, I honestly, um, they're they're a fun team. They're a nice team. They had a fun start to the season, but you know we're they're finding themselves right where they probably should be. And and there's no reason we couldn't take advantage of that. But I don't think the game gets played there. There it is. I think I'm in agreement with you there. All right, gentlemen, let's uh, let's move on to closing thoughts. Steve, how about we let you go first? What are your what are your thoughts to wrap us up? Uh, you know, I'm I'm kind of glad that we're going ahead with Thursday, um, regardless, because I just like having something to throw on in the background while I'm wrapping up the work day. Um, even though you know the last couple of times it's been you know, very depressing. And then I go to pick up my son from daycare and I'm just sad the whole drive, but uh, no, you know, it's, it's, it's something I can distract myself from the pains of, you know, capitalist work. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, Sunday will be disappointing if, if we postponed it just cause you know, my son, he's, he's 17 months and he's just started to like copy some of the things that I do. So like the last game that we had against Norwich, I start cheering and then he looks at me and he starts cheering and clapping and going, yay. Um, And it's just absolutely fucking adorable. And I would love to see that again. So hopefully we can do Brighton just so I can experience that some more. 
Um, it's, the, it's the fun part, the magical part about having kids. I'm sure you both uh, understand what I'm talking about there. Teach them while they're young, Steve. Teach them while they're young, and they will they will not stray from the path. That's biblical for you, buddy. Just remember that on Spurs. Mike, how about you? Closing thoughts. A um, couple closing thoughts here. Uh, the first is, uh, Steve, when you get sick of your capitalist uh, your capitalist job, then why don't you come over and, uh, and join the union, pick up your hammer and sickle and join our union. Uh, we'd, we'd be happy to have you. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm a communist. I'm saying I'm part of a, a union uh, that, that tends to get made fun of on our WhatsApp sometimes. So, um, <laughs> um, could be in so anti-management, Mike. I, th- I, I think, it. I think I've said before on this podcast that I am, I'm quite a leftist. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, we can get, I'd like to kind of end this just by getting back to uh, a little bit of our youth conversation that we had, uh, was it last week, a week before? Um, and uh, I, I thought I was prepared for that. I really wasn't, but now I really am. Um, you, you brought it up last week. How could yeah, you I, I, not I have been I prepared? prepared? And then I kind of fumbled around with it a little bit. Steve and I jaws dropped like, oh, damn, we didn't see that one coming. But all right, so where are you going with this? Um it's time to start. It's time to start bringing back our, our, um, our loans. Ooh. It's time. Um, and I'm going to speak particularly about, about, uh, one man, um, who's been reviled. He's been loved. He's been talked about as being the second coming, uh, Cameron Carter Vickers, Cameron Carter Vickers. Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Good old CCV. Um, No, uh, Troy Parrott. Um, So I think what we're missing on this team is we're missing, we have a huge lack of um, a large, um, productive, um, bullying, kind of in-the-box striker, um, especially with the way that Harry Kane is playing his his you know, his position now and has to play it because of his age and his fitness. Um, I, and I, I, I think that um, it's, it's time to bring Troy Parrott back. Um, we need a little bit of that. We need uh, someone in this club to start picking up a little bit of shithousery. We're missing that. Um I, I thought it was the right the right move to get rid of of Eric Lamella at the time. Um, I kind of miss his shithousery, you know. I, I I miss I miss him getting in people's faces. I miss I kind of even missed that a little bit out of Delhi. You know, D- Delhi used to do what he did those those couple years that he was just classic, just the classic Delhi that we we've been waiting for to kind of bust out again. Um, he'd do something crazy and amazing. He'd do all the little flicks and kicks and tricks and all kinds of shit. And then he'd come in from behind it and, and, you know, sweep up a ball and fucking score an amazing goal. And then he'd kind of, he'd celebrate and he'd kind of walk away with kind of that half smirk, you know, that's the kind of shithousery I like. That's why, that's why the, the puffiness of Dave Sanchez didn't really bother me, but I just, I wasn't clear at the time on whether he was uh, he was just pissed off at Dyer for something that Dyer might've said to him for earlier in the game. But um, Troy Parrott fucking headbutted a guy this week because the guy complained about a hard tackle. 
you know what uh, like the guy don't like the guy don't like his social life you know outside of outside of soccer the guy uh, wants to be at a place who wants him to play and he's been given that chance at MK and you know he's what four goals five assists um he's putting in shifts he's working his ass off um and on top of that he's tough and he's a and he's a bit of a shithouser and i like that and i think it's time to bring him back because and and maybe we just say we're going to bring troy back we'll give you dane scarlet we'll give you the other striker you know because dane's dane's ready to go out on a loan too so I'm ready to bring Troy Parrott back. He fucking head butted a guy. I don't like your thinking, Mike. I, he I, took a straight red, but he head butted a guy. Yeah, you know, we 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 sent him away because he needed to grow up, and he had a couple. <laughs> it's true, right? He no, needed, he didn't. He did need to grow up. He needed to grow up, and he needed to become a man. He had a couple rough loan spells, and he seems to have found some footing with MK Dons, and um. Yeah, as as non-appropriate as the behavior is, it may just be a sign that he's ready to to start to to ply his wares with the big boys. And so it it, it may not hurt. We need that type of player. We need somebody behind Harry Kane. I, I, I think I, I think a lot of that the a lot of the situation that happened was like him getting up and saying, This is a this is a tough game. Stop being a goddamn baby and get out there and play. You know? And whether it's whether it's the men's game, whether it's the women's game, whether it's kids' game, um, soccer is not an easy game to play, and it's a rough game, and they do it without pads, and and they're you know, and 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 they're they're out there kicking kicking each other, getting stepped on. These are all metal cleats they're wearing, you know, they're getting they're getting cleated in the knees and the legs, um, they're getting tripped out at full speed i gotta tell you that stuff that, that's not that's not comfortable shit to go through i mean i can i can remember a few times getting leg whipped in high school in high school football and um not cool not cool so i mean this is this was troy parrot saying this is a tough game to play if you're not gonna if you're not gonna take a hard tackle well that's not my problem i again i don't excuse the the behavior but i i think that is the that is the point where a guy says i'm ready to fight for my team and i'm ready to fight for the game that that i want to play mike i know why you're saying that i'm picturing your afc richmond kit and the name that's on the back. What what name is on the back of your AFC Richmond kit? What is it? He's here. He's there. He's ever fucking where. He's Roy Kent. He's Roy Kent. You you see Troy Parrott as the modern day Roy Kent, and that's he, that's he what may, we're, yeah, we're sticking he with. He, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Hey, and you heard it here at, first. Heard it on Wicked Spursy. When that happens, Zidane, Zidane uh, headbutted a guy, and like he's fucking famous for it. Look at him. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. That's cool. it, gentlemen. Uh, it's been fun. It's been a good conversation. Actually, we went all over the place, covered some good things. So I appreciate you as always and our listeners. We appreciate you as well. We will be back next week after uh, we'll see what happens with Ren. Hoping for, well, no, I'm hoping we crash out. I'm just going to be really upfront about that. Hoping we crash out of the, the conference league. And I'm hoping that our weekend match gets postponed because of uh, COVID. Let's let our guys get healthy. Let's get some more tactical time with the coach, with the manager, and that'll be good. Speaking of, 
you know, as a closing thought, let's make sure everybody gets out, gets vaxxed, you know, wear your masks, stay safe, keep your community safe. Why would that be, Mike or Steve? The the state we live in has record record numbers of COVID cases every single day. Why would we even recommend that? I don't I don't understand where you're coming from. You recommend know, it because because you don't want guys like me having to go into work for 19 and a half hours uh, through a 24 hour shift. Um, you want your healthcare providers to be to be fresh. You want your healthcare providers to be. Um, ready to to serve the community and that's why that's why so take care of yourselves take care of your community think of for once in your lives people think of others before you think of yourself by the way that's how we survive this mike's tough enough to deal with when he's well rested just imagine him on uh, 19 hours of work and no sleep so uh, (laughs) that that's enough motivation right there but yes Absolutely. Get your get your darn vaccine. Get your darn booster. Wear a mask. Don't be a clown. If you're listening to this podcast and you disagree, we don't care. Um, follow the rules. Do do the things that are going to help this whole thing to get over with um, because we, we want to see the other side of this whole thing. And gentlemen, I appreciate you and everybody out there who uh, appreciates other people. We appreciate you as well. With that, quiz, 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 quiz. Take care. <laughs> Have a good week. Be safe. Take it easy.